fresh edition of the Archie Update. My name is Miguel Guerrero, and I'm going to be your host today, and I am so excited to be back on the podcast. I need to start with an apology. We are late on this issue, and we also will not have a guest today. I was really excited about some guests that we had lined up for October, but unfortunately, some unforeseen circumstances came up for our guests, and they just weren't able to make it on the show. And that's okay. We're all good, and uh, we'll try to get those guests on later this calendar year. That being said, uh, there's a lot going on in Archie, so I wanted to go ahead and post a solo podcast and uh, just kind of give you an update about what's happening in our community. I'm recording this on November 1st, so the day after Halloween, and I am happy to say we had another really successful trick-or-treat street here in Archie. Uh, It's always my privilege to be a part of this event. I think it's so cool that the entire community comes together and we provide a safe environment for kids to trick-or-treat. And uh, if you've never been, people bring their cars and and give candy out the back of their trunks, and um, there's some blow-ups and and, and just some fun stuff, and it kind of leads straight into the Baptist Church, which does a really great job providing uh, even more for our community on Halloween night. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be a part of, and uh, if you haven't made it out um, to Main Street, on a Halloween evening. You're late this year, but next year is just around the corner, and I encourage you to come out for that uh, next year. Other news this week is that November, on November 4th, on Friday, the school is doing something really cool. They're taking one day to serve our community. And in fact, some of the upperclassmen are actually being let out of class so that they can do projects that are going to benefit our community. Things like cleaning up trash and, and helping people um, with projects that they're not able to do themselves, people with disabilities or, or the elderly. And it's just a really cool thing that they're doing. And if you want to be a part Um, Listeners out there, if you know of a project that needs to happen in our community, you can actually contact the school directly. You should do it quickly because uh, things are getting organized and they're really far down the road of getting this thing going. But if you want to be a part, it's not too late and I would contact the school directly for more information. We are in the month of November, which means Thanksgiving is just around the corner. And this community has a wonderful Thanksgiving event, which I am biased to because I'm a part of it, but it's something that the Ministerial Alliance puts on, and it's just a community Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, everybody's invited, everybody is welcome. It's at the Baptist Church here in town, First Baptist Church, and it starts at 5.33 p.m., kind of a quirky starting time to help people remember when it kicks off. It's on November 20th this year on a, on a Sunday evening, and I am so sad to say that this year I'm actually going to miss the actual event. I'll be a part of the planning and preparation and all of that, but I am flying out to Houston to be with my in-laws over Thanksgiving, which I'm very excited about, um, so I'm going to miss the actual event. But I encourage you, if you are free at 5.33 on uh, Sunday, November 20th, to get out to First Baptist Church and join in for uh, a really good time. Um, that being said, I wanted to spend the majority of our time today just talking through something, and, and in some ways this will be a way to kind of promote the community Thanksgiving meal, um, because what I'm going to share with you is something that I shared at that event two years ago. And uh, really I just want to talk about what Thanksgiving means to you, because to me, and maybe you feel differently, Thanksgiving is kind of an odd holiday. And l- let me explain what I mean by that by asking you this question. Does your family have that tradition where on Thanksgiving Day you like take a moment and you go around the table and everybody says something they're thankful for? 
I feel like it's like a really good grounded thing for a family to do on Thanksgiving. You know, like, hey, if we're going to do a Thanksgiving meal, let's actually try to be thankful. But I guess that was always the part that felt a little weird to me. Like on Thanksgiving, all of a sudden, everybody's supposed to feel the same emotion. We're all supposed to feel a sense of gratitude. And honestly, gratitude is just not a very common emotion. It's not something we all feel all the time. So sometimes it felt like, at least for me, I'd get to Thanksgiving Day and I'd have to fake it. I mean, we'd go around the table and, you know, your sister would say something really sweet and poetic and you're thinking, man, you never say stuff like this. And then all of a sudden it's on you and, and, and you've got to say something really meaningful and, and maybe you mean it sometimes, but then, and maybe this is just me, sometimes I just wasn't there. And it's weird too. I mean, like, we're supposed to feel super thankful for what we have, and yet for some reason the way we show that is by eating more than we ever have before. Like, how does that express gratitude for what we already have? And then there's the whole Black Friday thing. Like, hey, Thursday, or I mean Thanksgiving Day, we're all going to say, hey, I'm so thankful. And then the very next day, we rush out at 3 a.m. to make sure we get more stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like Thanksgiving. I really sincerely look forward to it, but it's just kind of a different holiday. And there's, then there's the whole thing where you ask like, well, what is Thanksgiving actually even really about? Because when I was growing up, when I was a kid, you know, we celebrated in my classrooms by, you know, making little projects that would signify the relationship between the pilgrims and the Native Americans. I don't even think schools do that anymore. I know the school I grew up in doesn't do that anymore because now there's all this embarrassing information that suggests, hey, actually the relationship between the pilgrims and the Native Americans wasn't always that peachy and, and wasn't always that strong. So we've got kind of this floating holiday that, that sits out there and it's a day where we're supposed to feel something because of, well, there's not really a story that backs it up. And, and I think for some of us, sometimes Thanksgiving can just be one of those days that feels a little bit off, if we're honest. And maybe not every Thanksgiving, but, but maybe you've experienced a Thanksgiving like that. Well, I read a book in high school that really kind of changed my perspective on Thanksgiving. In fact, when I get to Thanksgiving, I now think of a story. I, I think of a narrative, and it's not the one I was told as a kid with the, with the pilgrims and the Native Americans. I have a new story that kind of influences me when it comes time to Thanksgiving. And, and the story that I think about is actually tied to a book I read in high school. In fact, my junior year of high school, we did a unit on Russian literature. Now, I don't know if you have any experience with Russian literature, and I am certainly not an expert in any way, shape, or form. But from my layperson's perspective, getting into Russian literature was a very gloomy affair. I mean, even like the hopeful books, I guess you would say, the ones that like are like going somewhere kind of nice, seem to get there in a really dark way. And I remember in high school just thinking like, this is like the worst unit we've ever gone through. Like, I don't, I don't like Russian literature. And there was one book in particular that, that, that really stuck out to me. The story was called One Day in the Life of Ivan Dzitsnitsevich. And for some reason, I got my hopes up for this particular piece of Russian literature. And I think the big reason why was my teacher said that this book was about a Russian concentration camp. But, and this is cool, it was written by a guy who actually survived a Russian concentration camp. 
So I thought, oh man, this is going to be so incredible. He's going to have such a cool perspective. And I thought there'd be a lot of action. You know, I, I assume that since he got out of a concentration camp, this would be the story of some dramatic liberation or something. So I got into the book and I was really excited. And then 10 pages later, I had this feeling again, this Russian literature, literature feeling of gloom and doom and boredom. I mean, it was so slow. The book, which is called, again, One Day in the Life, was actually just about a regular day in a Russian concentration camp, which was not actually spectacular and which was not exciting. Instead, it was this desperate grind of a life where you were just doing everything you could to make it to the next moment. They were so hungry, all they thought about was food. And most of the book is about the main character, Ivan, strategizing how he can get a little a little bit more food at breakfast or at dinner. I mean, they're all looking for little pieces of metal or jewelry that they can trade to the outside world to, to somehow get more food on their plate later. I mean, I mean, that's all it's about, this this desperate book about a desperate life. And again, I kept on thinking, surely, surely this is going to end with some exciting climax. Surely we're going to get to a point where an army rushes through and breaks down the gates and sets them free. I mean, surely it's going to end there. But instead, believe it or not, the whole book builds to a climax, which is Ivan getting what he longs for most, a little bit of extra food. That's the big event. He gets an extra biscuit, an extra dinner roll. And the book ends with um, a friend of his who kind of turns into like a a spiritual advisor. He's a very religious person and and he intrigues the protagonist, Ivan, and and he's always kind of encouraging him to think differently. And and he says something to Ivan that, that makes him do something he had never thought of doing before in the concentration camp. Ivan manages to get a little bit of extra food. And instead of hiding it and hoarding it away like he had always done and always dreamed of doing when he got more, Yvonne decides to give away his biscuit. And that's the end. That's the big moment. That, that's what a hundred pages of reading leads you to and leaves you with. Yvonne gets a dinner roll and gives it to a friend. As a high schooler, I dismissed this book as a giant waste of time that I never wanted to think about again. But for some reason, in my adult life, I looked back at that book, and for some reason, I tried to figure out what was the author really saying. And since then, I've seen, I've seen the power of the story. The author wrote that when Yvonne gave away his biscuit, he felt something almost like happiness for the very first time in a very, very long time. And the author said, that night, Ivan went to bed a different man. Somehow, this little act, this this giving away of a biscuit, was supposed to represent a fundamental change, a a life-changing moment in Ivan's life. What is so life-changing about giving away a dinner roll? Well, again, to me, this story represents the essence of thanksgiving. When Ivan gave away his biscuit, and he felt that thing that he hadn't felt in a very long time, he got to experience the power of generosity. When, when he gave, it made what would have been just another day in his life, just another grinding day of a concentration camp, something beautiful, something different, something that changed him. 
And a biscuit may not seem like much to us, but it, it was all Yvonne had. It was everything extra in his life. And when he looked outside himself to give it, he had a spiritual experience. Giving was his liberation. That was the, the freedom moment for him because by giving something away, he was able to free himself from the constant pursuit of trying to find enough. For once, he laid his head down on his pillow and wasn't spending his time thinking, how can I get more? Instead, he was enjoying the fruit of giving away what little he had. And maybe you think this is a little bit corny, you know, or, or just a little bit feely, however you want to put it, and I get that. But what's so interesting when I think about this story is that, again, this was written by a man who actually survived a Russian concentration camp. His name was Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And believe it or not, much of this story reflects his actual experience in a camp. Alexander, when he was first put in a camp, um, went in a very thoughtful and philosophically grounded atheist. He was a man who did not believe in faith, who did not believe in you know, anything outside the material world. He was actually a very influential scientist and thinker. But when he went into the camp for the first time in his life, he had what he would call a spiritual experience. And he came out a brand new man when it was all said and done. And the best way he thought to describe what happened to him in there was through the story of Ivan and his biscuit. See, Ivan spent his life in the camp desperately trying to get more. Spending every day of his life with a Black Friday desperation, except his was the matter of life and death. Never feeling like he would have enough. Until one day, he was encouraged by a follower of Jesus to take a step of faith and give away what little he had. When he took that step, for the first time in his life, he felt contentment. He felt gratitude. Thanksgiving was real for him. And this is encouraging for me, because if you feel like Thanksgiving's come and go without any real gratitude, without any real thankfulness, I just want to encourage you that we can all take a step like Yvonne. We can all give a little of what we have. We can all take stock of our life and say, do I have anything extra that instead of trying to hoard away for myself, I can extend to another? And you may not be a religious person or, or a spiritual person, but if you've never given so much that it hurts a little bit, if you've never given something that you really want for yourself, I want to suggest to you that you are missing out. In the story of Alexander Solzhenitsyn, this man who survived so much and had such a dramatic change in his life, for him it was a story of gratitude, of realizing that he has been given enough to give what he has. And I want to encourage you this Thanksgiving season, instead of just trying to see how much we can eat and how many football games we can watch you know, in a limited period of time, what if we became determined as a community to give more than we ever have? What if we determined to give even to the point where it hurt a little bit? I want to suggest to you that that kind of giving is what's often missing from Thanksgiving. I think that if we really want to experience true gratitude, we need to follow Yvonne's lead and give what we have. 
even when it feels like we only have a little bit extra to give, that's when we really get to experience gratitude. And I know it's counterintuitive, but there's something special about somebody who's willing to give. And I want to suggest to you that being a giving person fundamentally changes you. It changes who you are. How can somebody like Alexander have such a radical change in their life and decide to tell their whole story and make it about a biscuit? Make it about a man and his biscuit. It's because gratitude is something deep, it's something spiritual, and it's something that we can only develop through experience. And I think that if we took it seriously this year, the the challenge to give seriously, we would all get to experience a better Thanksgiving, not just for ourselves, but it would impact our community in a meaningful and lasting way. Now, I know this podcast was a little bit different, but I'm so glad you joined me. And I want to remind you that most of these podcasts will be about things that are going on in our community. And I strive my best to get interviews um, with people who are making a difference, and especially people who have events that are coming up soon that uh, that I think uh, you need to be informed about. Um, but today was just a little bit different, and we'll work hard during the month of November and December to get the guests that you love back on the show. Until then, thank you so much for listening, and I want to encourage you to hit that subscribe button when you're done. We really appreciate the support, and if you have the time, go ahead and rate us. Give us the five stars. Say, yay, Archie Update is the best Archie-based podcast in the world. Now, it just so happens to be the only one, but we don't have to mention that on the reviews. All right, guys, for real now, have a great day.